Well, good morning. I want to greet each one in Christ's name. And thank you, Duane, for that <clears throat> devotional. Hopefully, you can look past me and my weaknesses and get what the Lord wants you to hear. So, who are the pigs in your life? And no, parents, it's not them little people running around in your house. They're just p- people that haven't grown up and learned how to pick up after themselves. Um, it was a couple months or so before the ordination. I was at my parents one Sunday afternoon, and we were talking, and we got to started talking about politics. And my one brother made some mention about a politician, and I can't remember what it was. But I was like, well, did you, how do you know? Like, did you ever witness to him? And he was like, well, the Bible says you're not supposed to cast your pearls before swine. And that got me thinking, do we, do we know who the swine are in our lives? Or how, what, what was he trying to say there? So let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. And that's verse 6. I want to read that first. Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. Well, what's he trying to say here? What, what's the context of this whole verse here? Let's, let's go up to verse 1 to kind of get what Jesus was trying to say here. In verse 1 there, Judge not that he be not judged, for with what judgment he judge, he shall be judged. And with what... And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. So he's saying here, be careful how you judge people, because that same judgment you use on other people, you will be judged by that. In verse 3, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. So basically, yeah, your brother might have a fault in his life, but did you ever stop and consider your life? Look at your life. You, he might be a little dirty, but you're covered in mud. So take care of your problems first, and then you can go talk to your brother. But then in verse 6 it says, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine. So this is an odd verse. Right before that he's saying, Judge not. And now he's saying basically, Judge. Is he not? Or is he trying to teach us discernment? And that's one word I want you to take away from, or take away from this message is discernment. And the dogs, like... The Israelites back then, I mean, the dogs that they're talking about here and what we think of dogs were totally different. Like, we think of a cuddly little pet that everybody has in their house or whatever. But dogs back then, they were more like packs packs of wolves or coyotes. They were mean. They were vicious. They They weren't your normal family pet. And the Bible says several things about dogs. In Proverbs 26, verse 11, As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. So, 
Yeah, the dogs just weren't the smartest things around. In Isaiah 56, verse 10, His watchmen are blind, they are ignorant, they are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Then again in Philippians 3, 2, Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. And then Revelations twenty-two, fifteen. For without are dogs and sorcerers, whoremongers and murderers, idolaters, whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. So he's saying here, like, the dogs he's referring to are not I mean, it's the lower class of people, people that will just come after you, tear you up. And pigs, I think we all know that the Israelites, um, yeah, pigs were very unclean to them. Deuteronomy 14, 8. And the swine, because it divideth the hoof, yet cheweth not that could, it is unclean unto you. Ye shall not eat their flesh, nor touch their dead carcass. And then in Second Peter 2.22. Here it's referring to dogs and swine. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed in their wallowing in the mire. So, Israelites had a disdain for swine and dogs. Like, if you really wanted to offend somebody, you'd call them a dog or a swine. It was a very, very low-down thing to do. But what, what's he saying, like, what are the holy things? What's he referring to? What for holy things are we not supposed to cast? Or, um, give not that which is holy unto the dogs. What's he referring to? I think he's saying like the, the deep things of God, the holy things of the Bible. You know, we wouldn't, if we see somebody standing out on the street corner with rainbow-colored hair and holding the pride sign, just yelling at everybody that's going past, we probably wouldn't just go up to them and just tell them the deep meanings of the Scripture because they would probably just argue with you, turn, uh, just try to smear you. And that's what he's trying to refer to here. Like, don't, like not, you, you need to witness to them, but don't just give them the holy things of life or the scripture, or they'll turn and rend, rend you like a mean dog. And then, like, the swine. And the one commentary I read is, like, um, like when you're studying the scriptures and meditating on them, the Lord will reveal something to you. And that's like the pearls. Like, a pearl is something very rare and precious. And a pearl, you have to work to get it. You have to dig for it. And so, like them things that God reveals to you, you wouldn't go out and share it with some people because you know they wouldn't appreciate it. They'd just make them more bitter or 
they would just turn around and, yeah, destroy you. But, does this mean we aren't supposed to witness at all? Are we not supposed to share the gospel with sinners? Let's go to Mark chapter 5. Because we all know that Jesus, I mean, he was with sinners all his life, sharing with them, caring for them. Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the county, country of the Gadarenes. And when he came out of the ship, immediately... There met him one of the met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. So this man was a true dog and swine. I mean, he was the lowest of humanity. Yet, what did Jesus do? But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. And he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he, answering, and he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. So Jesus did, did witness to this person. Actually, I wanted to go to verse 20. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, but we may en- that we may enter into, the, into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. The herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about two thousand, and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with a devil and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that the possessed with the devil had also also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. So this guy that was possessed wanted to go in the ship with Jesus and the disciples. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell him how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath not compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all the men did marvel. So Jesus did witness to him, and it, I mean, he was saved, and he told many more people about it. Then let's go to Acts 13. Verse 
sorry, Luke 19. Trying to kill time. <laughs> no. Luke 19, 1 through 10. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not, for the press, because he was a little of statue. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And notice verse 7, when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he had gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. So here, Zacchaeus was not highly thought of. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusations, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he had also the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So again, we see that Jesus witnessed to a sinner or somebody that was not highly thought of. And then to John 4, 1 through 14. John 4, verses 1 through 14. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then came he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well and was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away from the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews having no dealings with the Samaritans. So the Samaritans were not kindly thought of by the Jews. It would have been kind of like the dogs and swines of their, their time. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, Thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. Now let's go over to verse 39 through 42. <clears throat> and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified. 
He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own words, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now let's go to John 8. John 8, 1 through 11. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. When they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger, wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. And when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none, but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where art thou? Where are those that acute? Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. <clears throat> Go and sin no more. So you, there was just a small sample of what Jesus, like the dogs and the swine of their time, like how he witnessed to them. And there would be many, many more. So we, again, we have to have discernment. But let's look on the other side of it. Let's go to Luke 23. Luke 23, 7 through 11. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give con- giving contribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? Something's not making sense. That's what I have in my notes, but this is not right. Uh, I was when. Okay, here. Yes. Luke 23, verse 7. I started at 1. Luke 23, verse 7 through 11. And as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. 
And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season, because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have seen some miracles done by him. Then he questioned then he questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. You see that? And the chief priests and the scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod, with his men of war, set him at naught, and mocked him, and arrayed him in gorgeous robe, and set him again to Pilate. So why did Jesus not say anything to Herod this time? I mean, he was with many other sinful men before, and he would have witnessed to them. But I think he, he obviously could know Herod's heart. Herod had no interest in knowing the scriptures. He had no interest in the truth. Whereas the other people, like, they had interest. They, there was something within them that was ready to hear the gospel, in which Herod was not. Then Acts 13 Verse 42. And here it was like Paul was preaching in the synagogues and stuff and the Jews, and the Jews did not want to hear what Paul was saying. But the Gentiles heard, and he's like, hey, we want to hear what you're saying. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. (coughs) And then down there to... Verse 44. The next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw that the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming them. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldst be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published through all out the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. And notice what they did in verse 51. And they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. Then Acts 18, 5 through 7. When Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. And he departed thence and entered into a certain land house named Justice, one that worshipped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And then again in Matthew 10, verse 
11 through 14. Into whosoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when ye come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it not be worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you or hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. So I think Jesus is trying to teach us discernment. Like some people simply are not ready to hear the gospel. In 2 Timothy 2, 23 through 26, I liked how the NIV word it, so I'll just read it from the NIV. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servants must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and, they, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Then in Proverbs, turn quick to Proverbs 9, 7 and 8. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame, and he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. So once again, discernment. You know, like some of us, or maybe one of you, are working with somebody, trying to witness to somebody, and you've been praying and praying and praying for them and talking and talking to them, and it just doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere with them. Don't give up on them. Keep praying for them, but maybe it's time to move on. There's probably somebody else out there that's searching just as hard or harder that wants to hear the gospel, that wants to be prayed with, talked to, So don't necessarily give up on that person. Keep praying for them. We have to pray for them. But maybe it's time to move on and go to somebody that is willing to accept the gospel and hear what Jesus has for them. You know, we're not responsible to share the good news. Or we are responsible to share the good news. We are not responsible for how people respond to the good news. And then in closing, in Matthew 10... Or verse 6. It says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. So ask God for discernment as you go out and witness to the world. So that way, that way we're not casting our pearls before swine and the holy things to the dogs. But yet we have to we are commissioned. We have to go spread the word of God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, just want to thank you for this day. Just thank you for your word and what you have for us. I just pray that you would give us your discernment, Lord, as we go out and spread the word. That we might just um, know who to share with and how to share it, Lord. That it would come back to you as a blessing and an honor to you. Just thank you for each one here today. Pray that you might just bless it, Lord, that we might just go from here being blessed and blessing other people as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.